I come here to preach about something when I name my text. I'll grant you I'll have the attention of everybody in this building. Some of you grandmas will drop your false teeth. Some of you preachers will think I have lost my mind. And some of you young people will be tickled to death to hear what I'm going to preach about. But oh, I feel the Holy Ghost walking these aisles tonight. My Lord, please don't think I'm being uh, just uh, crazy when I say this. But when you feel like you feel now, you want to cry, run, prophesy, talk in tongues, preach, baptize, and everything else right now. Oh, hallelujah. I know this youth board stuck their neck out by bringing me back out here. Because I, I know probably some thought I didn't preach last year, and to be honest with you, I didn't. I did the best I could. And I done a whole lot maybe better this time. But I do thank them, and the Spirit is moving in this building tonight. Let's forget who I am. Let's forget who you are. But let's remember that somewhere in this building sits somebody who needs the name of Jesus Christ on their heart and soul. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. In Fresno last year, when it came time for the youth convention banquet, how many of you remember, we had to drag them out of the altars. We had, the banquet was an hour or two late. Had to finally rush them out. Young people had lost the desire to go to a banquet. Now there's nothing wrong with a banquet, but I'm a praying. God, I've got one hour and five minutes. Take this thing, turn it upside down, inside out. White banquet off of your mind right now. It's time for Jesus to set a banquet table down and us to feast at the table of the Lord. Let, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I haven't got to my sermon yet. Don't worry. But I want to give you preachers a sermon to go home and preach this weekend. Hallelujah. There was one of the customs of one country many years ago that if a man was ever found guilty of a crime punishable by death, if by some chance he was given forgiveness, that man, the rest of his life, had to wear a white robe, ride a white camel, and had to have a white uh, uh, jar or stone at his front door. All right, that didn't ring a bell on some of you. Amen. Then in one of the providences of the Roman Empire, it was that, that there was great banquets that went on. To get an invitation to a banquet, you had to have a white stone. On that white stone was the invitation to you where the banquet was going to be. Some of you know where I'm going. To get an invitation to the banquet, you had to burn incense to the bust of the emperor of Rome. But the writer in Revelation writes to a little church in that city, and he said, don't worry, honey. He is going to give you a white stone. Hallelujah. 
He's going to prepare a banquet for you like the Roman Empire has never been able to build a banquet. And He's going to invite you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Go home and preach that one. Hallelujah. Let's stand for the Word of the Lord tonight. Amen. Say, preach it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory. Amen. I want to see people receive the Holy Ghost tonight. God poured out the Holy Ghost in a great, great way. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to preach to you tonight for just a few minutes of time. I must appeal to you. Many of the youth will be going to the banquet. Many of these youth leaders and so forth will be going I appeal to you who are not going and saints of the Most High God, the responsibility is upon your shoulders after I finish the altar invitation tonight to come and pray them through to the Holy Ghost. I'm going to do my best. Can I count on you that when we get through and have to run to a banquet that you'll take it from there and pray them through to the Holy Ghost? Can I count on you? Raise your hand if you say you can count on me, Brother Spears. Thank you. I want to endeavor to preach to you tonight on the kiss of the ages. I told you it would work. <laughs> that strange little word. No, sonny boy, it wasn't you either, honey. The writer declares this. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. I don't have time to even tell you where it is. Everybody say in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. I'm talking tonight about two of the most beautiful, fantastic lovers in all the Bible. And if you won't try to look the Scripture up, I'll tell you where it is before I get through preaching. I am preaching tonight... And much of my preaching will be in an allegory sense. I will talk to you about righteousness and about peace at times as though they were individuals. But you understand I'm talking about just righteousness and peace like we know it and not individuals. You understand that. I have read to you one of the most beautiful statements in the entire Word of God. It declared that someday righteousness and peace would be joined together. What a glorious reunion. What a fantastic time. Righteousness and peace are going to kiss each other. Let me quickly run through the Bible and declare unto you this is some of the kisses of the Bible. When Moses met Aaron upon the mountain, the Bible said that he kissed him. When Samuel came to anoint Saul, he kissed him. When Joseph, the ruler in Egypt, when his brethren came and he forgave them, when he saw his father and his brother, the Bible said he kissed them. When Esau met Jacob and they forgave one another, Esau... And Jacob kissed one another in reconciliation. Mary of Bethany, when she came to Jesus, 
she not only washed his feet, but the Bible said she also kissed him. Paul writes unto the Roman church, the Corinth church, and the church at Rome, and Thessalonica, and he said, greet one another with a holy kiss. I'm tonight talking about a kiss that is more sacred than when Moses and Aaron met upon the mountain of the Lord. It has more divine consecration in it than when Samuel came to anoint Saul, king of Israel. It has more love of forgiveness in it than when Joseph forgave his brethren. It has more beauty in it than when Mary knelt at the feet of Jesus. Psalm of David began to write, The day is going to come when righteousness and peace that have been separated down through the ages somewhere by the grace of an almighty God, they're going to be reconciled back together as the lovers of all the ages and righteousness and peace are going to kiss each other. Now, let me quickly tell you a story. Somebody said, when and where did they live and rule and reign? There was a time before the worlds ever were that righteousness and peace reigned together as one. Wherever you found righteousness, there you found peace. You found the tranquility that everything was all right because righteousness was there. Wherever righteousness is, there is supposed to be peace and tranquility. And in the midst of heaven, there reign peace and righteousness. Wherever you found righteousness, there you found peace. And there was the tranquility. Everything was all right. Everything was clean and pure. And then God created Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, He placed righteousness. And there He placed peace along with Adam and Eve. You say, Brother Spears, you've lost your mind. Just hold on a while. But in that perfect environment, there had to be righteousness because there was no sin. The peace was not only in the heart of Adam, but it was in the environment as well. There were no thorns. There were no thistles that grew out of the ground. There was no wild nature in the beast. Wherever you found righteousness intertwined, there you found peace. Righteousness and peace there they dwelt together. But then one day, sin came into the garden. Sin drove the wedge of iniquity between righteousness and peace. And righteousness went one way, and peace went the other way. And then came the dark cloud of sin on this earth. But the psalm of David years later begins to write, There is going to come a day. Hallelujah. Let the world wait for it. Let the ages declare it. There will come a day when mercy and truth shall meet together and righteousness and peace are going to kiss one another. The day will come of reconciliation. Hallelujah. Men were driven out of the Garden of Eden and began to live on this earth. The earth went into rebellion. Everything seemed to be wrong. Why? Because righteousness and peace was not there. Men started offering sacrifices unto God. Cain and Abel brought a sacrifice unto the Lord. 
Cain slew Abel. It was from that sacrifice until Golgotha's hill. Every sacrifice that was offered was offered in the anticipation. This is righteousness, but I don't feel any peace in it. This is the what I'm supposed to do, but I don't feel the calmness of anything about doing it. But David said, hold on, keep offering your sacrifice. Righteousness and peace are going to meet together someday, and they're going to be reconciled. Oh, hallelujah. Are you still with me tonight? Glory. The saddest day in the history of all the world is when righteousness went one way and peace went the other way. And then sin took over seemingly on this earth. Nothing seemed to be right. The devil told Eve, if you eat of this tree, you're going to miss a lot of things in life. And it was true. The day she ate of that tree and her husband and they partook of it, they found out what heartache and misery and sin and tears and chaos and trouble and worry is all about. Righteousness was gone and peace was gone. When you don't have righteousness, you can't have peace. When you're not right in here, you can't feel good in here. But the writer Sama David said, Hold on, it's going to come. Righteousness and peace are going to be reconciled somewhere at some time and some place. It's going to happen. Oh, yes. The reason this world is in trouble tonight, they've tried joining the church, but they still don't have righteousness. I said they still don't have righteousness. They're saying we want peace and tranquility. But I'm going to tell you, sir, it may blow your mind. You may not agree with this preacher, but talking in tongues alone won't bring you the complete satisfaction of peace that you need in your heart. You've got to get some righteousness to go along with it. Amen. Glory. But every writer begins to write and hope and long for the day. Now, I know I'm not preaching to you Pentecostals tonight. I'm preaching to people that don't have the Holy Ghost. But sit there and act like you enjoy it anyway. They might accidentally do it. But anyway, every writer begins to write and long for the day. Writers rose up and declared, will it ever happen? Will it ever come? Where is righteousness? Where is peace? And the law was given. You may not agree with me, but from the day the law was given until Jesus Christ had ascended, righteousness was the law of God, but there was no peace in it. It was a law. It was required of God, Brother Price, and they went and offered the sacrifice. They came, and I know I'm hedging on last night's sermon, but I intended to, thank you. But anyway, they came from the backside of the desert. That poor old man and woman, they raked up all the money they could to buy a turtle dove and bring and place it in the hands of the priest and say, we don't feel good about it, but the law says to do it. Take this turtle dove and offer it as the sacrifice for our sin and roll it ahead because David said, someday righteousness and peace are going to be reconciled. 
someday peace and righteousness are going to come back together again. Remember, peace always wanted to come back. Oh yeah, peace will always want to come back. But righteousness declared not until there be a sacrifice that bridges the gap that drove you and I apart. We can't live together again. We can't dwell together again. Not until there come one or there comes something with purer blood than that of an animal. And righteousness looked down and would declare the blood of a goat is great, but it's not good enough. And the goat of a lamb or the blood of a lamb is great, but it's not great enough. There's got to be something without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish, without sin, without iniquity. And when that comes, then we will dwell together again. And every writer begin to write and long for the day when it would happen. Oh, yeah. They picked up the pen and they would write with excitement. It's got to happen. It's going to happen. Thrilling, thrilling. But still it did not come in their day. Oh, Isaiah, seven centuries before Jesus Christ was born, he picked up the pen and he began to write and he began to say, I feel that something's going to happen. What do you feel, Isaiah? What do you feel, boy? He said, I look down through time and I see a child's going to be born and a son's going to be given. What about it, Isaiah? Tell us some more about it. And he said, all I can tell you is the government is going to be on his shoulder. What shall his name be? He said, I don't know, but one thing I heard, he shall be called the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. He shall be called the Prince of Peace. Oh, get hope. Hold on. Get your spirit up. Some of David was right. Righteousness and peace is going to kiss together again. Believe it. Hope for it. Long for it. Desire it. It's going to happen. Amen. And the whole thing says, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Say it. You are going to act out what I think in my mind. They became the actors. The drama happened when it was projected on the stage. They didn't see so much the actor as they saw the idea that was in the mind of the man who wrote the drama. That's the reason John 3.16 is one of the most excitable scriptures there is in all the Bible. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. But what's exciting about it, not only could God couldn't find anybody to act it out, but God Himself got Him a body. And He said, there is no other way. There is no other plan. I'll go down. I'll wrap myself in flesh. I'm going to prove to them that I love this world. And He, the Son of glory, the Son of the Most Highest came, that He may reconcile righteousness and peace and bring them back together in Anaheim, California tonight in 19. 75. Oh, hallelujah. Glory. And peace would say, can I come back? And righteousness would say, no, you can't. When can I come back? I don't know. Isaiah said a counselor is going to come. 
We do need a counselor. I do not bring, mean to bring embarrassment to anybody that sits in this building right tonight. But I am told that the close of the service last night, there were families that had been separated and driven apart that the Holy Ghost reunited families last night's service after they were filled with the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost solved the family problem last night oh hallelujah you ought to say praise the Lord as they all seem to say take heart he's coming get excited and the atmosphere began to get excited Old Simeon kept going to the temple. He said, I know it's been 400 years and nobody's heard from God and Papa never heard anything and Grandpa never heard anything but something in me tells me to hobble on down to the temple today. What are you going for, Simeon? What are you going for? I'm waiting because Isaiah declared, because David declared, I've lived by the law all of my life. I've done everything I knew to do but I've never felt peace in my heart. I don't know what they're talking about, but David told me that peace and righteousness was going to dwell together someday. And then one day, another old man hobbled in the temple. And as Zachariah was going around the duty of the priest, he turned around and looked, and there stood an angel of the Lord. He said, Zachariah, go home and tell your wife Elizabeth, y'all are going to have a baby. Us... Y'all. <laughs> Amen. Brother Price said that's the King James Version. Interpreted Southern style. <laughs> Amen. Y'all gonna have a baby. Sir. And uh, so it was that Elizabeth conceived and in her began to grow the greatest prophet. The Bible said that would ever live. But I want you to notice the excitement of the one that was coming after him. Then an angel appeared to a little maiden over there one day, a little virtuous girl, and said, You are going to have a baby. And she said, But I don't even know a man, but that which is conceived of thee is of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Mary, the desire of all the ages is about to transpire. The hope of every prophet is about to happen. The desire of the law, the desire of righteousness, the desire of peace is about to happen. And inside you is going to grow. He that shall be called wonderful and counselor and the mighty God and the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. Come on, the clock's running me. Hurry now. Don't sit down on me now. Amen. I don't mean stand up and walk to the door either. Just stay where you are then. But anyway, one day Mary left the house and she said, I've got to go over and tell Aunt Elizabeth about what the angel of the Lord has told me. The whole earth, the whole inhabitation, the whole environment is feeling something is about to happen. Something is about to happen. Something is about to happen. Angels could feel it. Hell could feel it. And when Mary walked to the door 
And Elizabeth said, come in, honey. What brings you here? And she said, Aunt Elizabeth, I have to tell you, I am with child. An angel of the Lord hath appeared unto me. The excitement of the ages declared that when that baby, yet unborn, in the womb of Elizabeth, heard the salutation of Mary, the baby began to leap around. Hallelujah. That's what it said. That's what it said. And the baby leaped. And the baby leaped. And the baby leaped. Uh, God, don't tell me not to get excited. Don't tell me not to get excited. When an unborn baby, when an unborn baby can get excited about Jesus Christ fixing to be born. Hallelujah. Amen. It's time we get a little bit excited about it. My God. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. And His name shall prevail. Amen. Hallelujah. His name can bring excitement to an unborn baby. His name can cause hell to tremble. His name can cause heaven to rejoice. And His name can deliver you tonight from any sins that you have. He can do it. He can do it. He can do it. He will do it. Glory. Make a long story short. That's hard for me to do. But then, on the top of Golgotha's hill, oh glory, oh glory, the counselor is ready to die. The prince of peace is ready to die. Oh, hallelujah. And he carries his cross up that hill. And they nail him to the cross. And there he hangs. And on one side of the cross stands righteousness. And on the other side of the cross stands peace. Still driven apart. Still not brought back together. But righteousness said, if he dies, <laughs> if he dies, it will be good enough for me. If he dies, it will be good enough for me. And he hangs on the cross. And I hear him cry, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But he hung there. He stayed there. He told the angels, go back and leave me alone. Why are you hanging there? I'll tell you why he was hanging there. On one side was righteousness and on one side was peace. He had made up in his mind that he would bring righteousness and peace together. If it took his life, he would give his life to bring righteousness and peace together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Die! Die! But bring them together! Die! But bring them together! Hallelujah! <laughs> Glory! 
Let me go back to last night's sermon a little bit. I can't get away from it. You've probably preached it so many years until it's boring to you. But those three words, which are three of the greatest words that were ever spoken when He said, It is finished, have become to me in the last few weeks of time, Brother Price, the greatest words I've ever heard in my life. I'll tell you why. Because he answered Isaac laying on an altar for a thousand years. But go, when Isaac said, where is the sacrifice? And Jesus stands on Golgotha's hill and said, Isaac, it is finished. Here I am. Here I am. Here I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory! That little old bitty mother and daddy that raked up all their money, got every dime they had, and brought that turtle dove, and they brought it to that priest, and they put it in his hands, and they said, Here is the savings of one entire year. Offer it for our sins. What for? Roll them ahead. Because I'm going to walk away from the temple today still only having observed righteousness but with no peace. And wherever they were in eternity, Brother Langford, I don't care to get into theological discussion. I'll just say wherever they were, Jesus answered them on the cross. Hallelujah. They died pushing their sins ahead, Brother Stevenson. They died shoving them ahead. And their last breath, they shoved them on down saying, maybe He'll come. Maybe He'll come. We live in hope that He'll come. But when He hung on that cross and He said, it is finished, He told them, I have paid for it. I've purchased it. Your sins are forgiven you. And He reached all the way back to Abel and He took His sacrifice and He drug it up to Calvary and He said, it is recognized. It is forgiven. Hallelujah. Glory. Ooh, hallelujah. Glory. And about that time, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and died. And righteousness said, Has he died? And righteousness reached up to feel him, feel his brow. There's no pulse right. He's dead. And peace standing on the other side of the cross declared, Can I come back? And I want you to know more gracious and more glorious than when Mary knelt and kissed his feet. More glorious than when Joseph said, I have forgiven you. Some of David said, righteousness and peace are going to meet somewhere and they're going to kiss one another. It will be the kiss of the ages. And the next verse says, and when truth shall spring up out of the earth, righteousness shall look down from heaven above. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, it was that day, it was that hour when righteousness 
righteousness and peace were joined back together again, never to be driven apart. I say never. Hallelujah. You didn't get the point. Never. I said never. 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 From that day, Brother King, from that day, hallelujah, two happy people, not people, but two happy spirits, two happy something, left the foot of Golgotha's hill. Righteousness and peace went armed up. You're too ugly to be a bride, but come on. And righteousness and peace, amen, walked away from Golgotha's hill that day. Hallelujah. Don't worry, I'm not going to kiss him. But righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Hallelujah. And they have become inseparable. They've become inseparable. Hallelujah. 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 And from that day to this, wherever you find righteousness, there you're going to find peace. They have become inseparable. They will not leave. Hallelujah. They're going to stay. They're going to stay. They're going to stay. Amen. Wherever you find righteousness, there you're going to find peace. And Paul said, and Paul said, it's not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Ghost. talking. That's all I want is your tongue talking. Honey, you just can't have just the tongue talking. You've got to get righteousness and peace. That's the only way. Oh, hallelujah. They are inseparable. They are inseparable. They are inseparable. Paul said, for I persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come shall separate righteousness and peace forever. Try righteousness. Because when you get righteousness, peace will automatically be there. 
And when you get righteousness, you'll get the peace and tranquility of the Spirit. It happens. Hallelujah. Amen. Get ready for it, sir. You that have been bound by drinking, get ready. Righteousness and peace are here tonight. Righteousness and peace are here tonight. You don't have to live lonely another day in your life. You don't have to live miserable another day in your life. Not anymore. Righteousness and peace have been joined together and they can be yours tonight in this very building. They can be yours. Glory. 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 Hallelujah. Somebody said, but preacher, I don't understand you people's Pentecostal way. I don't understand your holiness. Can I have the peace without the righteousness? No. No. Maybe you didn't hear me. I said you can't have the peace without getting the righteousness. The blood, the blood of the innocent sacrifice, the blood of the Holy One, when He declares something, it's forever settled. When He said it is finished, there's no more to add to it. There's nothing else to think about it. It's signed, sealed, delivered. That's it forever and forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you ought to be heading down these aisles right now. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, you ought to be heading down these aisles right now. Jesus has come to deliver you tonight. Jesus has come to set you free tonight. Wherever you are, that's it. Come on. If you need the Holy Ghost, come on. Come on. Everybody praying. Everybody believe in God. Righteousness and peace are here tonight. Come on, sir. Hallelujah. God will save you. Yes, He will. Amen. If you need the Holy Ghost, come on. If you need the Holy Ghost, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Wherever you are, if you need the Holy Ghost, come on. That's it. Bring them on to the altar. Bring them on to the altar. Bring them on to the altar. That's it. Come on, lady. He'll save you. He'll give you the Holy Ghost. I need somebody to pray with her. My God, they're coming tonight. That's it, lady. Come on, right over here. Jesus will save you. He'll forgive you of your sins. He'll give you the Holy Ghost. My Lord, they're coming. Pray, pray, pray. They're coming for righteousness. They're coming for peace. They're coming for satisfaction. Righteousness and peace have met together in this building tonight. And it can be yours. Come on. I need some of you adults. I need some of you adults. Here's, here's people with tears streaming down their eyes. My God, their face crying, Save me, Jesus. Save me, Jesus. We need help in these altars tonight. Come on, sinner. If you need the Holy Ghost, come on. Come on, preachers. Lay your hands on them. These are hungry souls. They need deliverance. 
They need help. They need Jesus. And only Jesus can do it. Come on. Only Jesus can do it. Only Jesus can do it. Only Jesus can do it. Come on, preachers. I need some preachers up here. I need some preachers up here. Come on, lay hands on them. They're hungry. They're crying. They're praying. They need the Holy Ghost. They're tired of sin. They want peace and they want righteousness. Hungry, hungry, hungry. Come on. That's it. Keep bringing them. Keep bringing them. Clear the aisles. Make room for them. They're still flooding this place. My God, my God. That's it. Lay your hands on them, preachers. They can receive the Holy Ghost. They will receive it. They're coming for righteousness. They're coming for peace. The world don't satisfy. They're sick of the world. They're tired of the world. And they're coming to Jesus. And they're coming to Jesus. And they're coming to Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on, sinner. Come on, friend. That's it. Pray out in the building. Pray anywhere. That's it. Get your hands up. Pray back there anywhere. My God, I need you to pray, church, like you've never prayed before. They're still coming down the aisles. They're still finding places to pray. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. If you need satisfaction, if you're tired of the life you've been living, if you're tired of the world, come on to Jesus tonight. Come on to Jesus tonight. You'll find righteousness and you'll find peace. Come on. some evangelists on this platform. I need some evangelists on this platform to lay on hands. Come on. My God, keep praying. Bring them from the back, wherever they are without God. Come on, bring them to the front tonight. Bring them, bring them, bring them. They're coming to Jesus tonight. They're coming to Jesus tonight. Come on, come on. Come on, sir. Come on, young person. You've tried everything. Now try Jesus. You've tried dope. You've tried drinking. You've tried everything. Now try Jesus. Come on. Come on. 